This morning we open up the letter to the Romans, just at the third chapter. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I believe in the Holy Spirit. We have been walking our way through the Apostles' Creed. Here in worship, maybe you're reading the book and perhaps you're in one of the study groups, walking our way through that creed. And today we come to, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Now, if you can picture that creed, there are three parts, three paragraphs, like we have a triune Three in one God. The first paragraph is short, it is God the Father. The second is longer, it is Jesus Christ. And the last paragraph begins with, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then most of the time we think, well, there's a list of other things. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting but we should not see that as some list separate from the first sentence, I believe in the Holy Spirit. For all of that that's below is the work of the Holy Spirit today. So we find ourselves focusing on, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And it's interesting that the early church placed it there. Because we tend to think, like Paul was talking about, that it happened long ago. That when Jesus suffered, died, and was resurrected, when he, he shed his blood, then our sins were forgiven. That it was an atonement made then, in the past. But the early church did not place it in the middle paragraph with Jesus. They placed it in the paragraph with the Holy Spirit, in the things that are happening today. Paul in his time says, this righteousness of God is made known today, in the present, now, and for us, the forgiveness of sins is now, today, in our lives, where we live, at work, at school, everywhere we go. Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins? 
Or do we hope for the forgiveness of sins someday? Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins today, now, in our life? Or do we think, well, that's, that's for other people. If, if people knew who I truly was, if people knew my thoughts or what I did, I'm beyond forgiveness. Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins today in our lives? I know maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes you ask for forgiveness and you feel like you've received it, but then you don't stop thinking about it. Am I right? Or you really want to forgive somebody who sinned against you, but you you just can't. What do we say? Oh, I'll forgive them, but I'm not going to forget. Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins today in our life now? For surely we know we live in sin. We, we have sins of committal, sins that we do actively by what we do, what we think, what we say, and th- sins of omission, things we omit things we do not do, do not think, and do not say. That's our life. Do we believe that those sins can be forgiven? For sin is a crafty, crafty thing. You know, most things in the world, if it's light, it requires a little effort. If it's heavy, it requires more effort. If it's something big, we know we need a bigger tool to do it. The the weight of it seems to be the same as what's needed. Or our actions are big or small. But sin is a crafty thing. You see the smallest action or thought or word by us that maybe we don't even realize we did or said can be devastating to another person. The power of that sin that we don't even realize we did is such a small thing, can be huge on the other person. Maybe it hurts an old wound. Maybe it hits them where they're hoping for something better and it seems to shut a door. We've all done it. We've all said or done something that we thought was nothing and for the other person it was just devastating. Sin is a crafty thing. The power of it far outweighs the action. You know, we say, well, it's just a little white lie, just a little sin. Sometimes we even like to rank the sins and, you know, so ours look better than other people's or something. But Sin is sin and it can be devastating. We know it when someone hurts us It can be devastating to us and the person doesn't even know they did anything. That's the craftiness of sin. But but Jesus Christ stands ready to forgive, forgive all of that. And sin is heavy. There's probably nothing besides grief that we carry in our life that's heavier than sin, like some kind of 40-pound backpack on our weight. I don't know if I'm the only one, but sin can live rent-free in my head. I have a free streaming service that'll play all of the things I've done wrong. And at the worst time, three in the morning, the TV comes on. 
I mean, all you have to do is feel a little down on yourself and that plays. Oh, remember when you'd said this? Remember when you, that's the, that's the craftiness of sin. That's the weight of sin. Do we believe that those sins can be forgiven? Do we believe, do we believe that we can stop playing them over and over again in our head? Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins? And when we carry a sin with us, it is heavy, something we have done. But we also carry the hurts of others that we have not forgiven. What did I say? Oh, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. And when we carry that, it's like a hundred pound backpack on our weight. If you feel tired at work or in life, this might be some of the reason. What are the burdens of sin that you are carrying, that you have done, or you have not forgiven other people that they have done against you? And sin is insidious. Insidious means that it creeps in. It's like a, like a weed. Most of your weeds are probably dead now. But you ever notice if you plant something short, the weed is short. If you plant something tall and skinny, the weed is tall and skinny. I don't know how they do that. Sin is insidious. What looks good is bad. And sometimes what looks bad is good. Sin is insidious that it creeps into our life like a vine creeping slowly, like we hardly notice. One thing can lead to another. It can live as I said, rent-free in our head. It reminds me of a story, a story that was told by Chuck Knoll, the coach of the Steelers in the 1970. But this, the, the, the story has nothing to do with football, which most of his stories were like that. But he told them the football players. He told the story of two Tibetan monks that were walking through the mountains. And as they were walking through the mountains, they came to a fast-moving stream and when they got there, there was a woman beside the stream that was perplexed on how she was going to be able to cross it without hiking her skirt or getting all wet. So when the two monks arrived there, she presented her problem to them, and they agreed that they would help her. So one of the monks picked her up, carried her across the fast-moving stream, and set her down. She said, thank you, and the monks went on walking in the mountains. After a mile or so, the one monk said to the other, you know, the rules of our order forbid us from coming in contact with the opposite sex. And the monks walked on another mile, and the second monk finally responded, but I put that woman down on the other side of the stream, but you have carried her all afternoon. Can you imagine the look on football players' face? It, it took me about 10 years to understand that story. But that's the insidiousness, insidiousness of sin, that it creeps in and we carry it. The one monk had put the woman down and was done with it. The other could not let it go. And there are things in our life that we cannot let go. We carry them with us 
That is the sin that God is ready to forgive. Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins in our life today? Not something that happened long ago, not something that's happening only in church, not something that's for other people, but do we believe in the forgiveness of sins for our life today? I'd like to take a moment to pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Oh, Lord Jesus, we ask that you might come into our hearts this morning, that your grace might be poured into us. We ask for the forgiveness of the sins we have committed or we have left undone. We ask, O God, that you would take these sins that we carry in our life and place them as far away as the east is from the west. We pray that you might wipe our slate clean, O God, that you might free us from this burden, that we might live in the forgiveness of sins in our life today and tomorrow and every day, and that you might give us the power to forgive those who have sinned against us. Forgive our sins, O God, in the name of in the grace, in the redemption of Jesus Christ. Amen.